Guess who? That's right. It's crystal clear. And you're listening to more Morgulons. There's nothing cute about this cutaneous condition I have. It used to be called the Morgulons. Don't look up. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, we left off last episode talking about the human T cell lymphotrophic viruses. There are family of viruses. In fact, there are four types. The first type we discussed briefly last time, that is H, uh, HTLV for short, uh, HTLV type one. Type one, if you'll remember, can cause adult T cell leukemia lymphoma, very aggressive cancer. 90% of people die within eight months. Now, before you cash in your 401k, only about two to 4% of people have a lifetime chance of developing this cancer who have this virus. So slow your roll. Also interesting to note though, uh, increasing age in Caucasian women 
It's also our population here, even though they also claim that it's endemic to regions where not a lot of Caucasian women live. Anybody with insights, please call in. Also, it can cause. HLTV1 can also cause. Tropical spastic paraparesis, which means paralysis of the legs. Uh, that's the second thing that can be caused by HTLV1 virus. HTLV2 virus, guess what it can cause? Oh, just cutaneous T-cell lymphoma or a bunch of other shit that has to do with your skin. So cutaneous T-cell lymphoma may be divided into the several subtypes. Mycosis fungoides is the most common form and is responsible for half of all cases. Uh, and then there's other things. Pagetoid reticulosis, Cesare syndrome, granulomatous slack skin. These all sound like so much fun, don't they? Uh, all, all having to do with skin disease, okay? So there's no cure, all right? Symptoms can be debilitating and painful, but a lot of people with cutaneous T-cell lymphoma are able to live normal lives with this cancer. Um, uh, there are FDA-approved treatments, right? Uh, not a ton, but a new one just came out in 2018. See, when people are paying attention, they can find treatments for diseases that they don't even fucking understand. Which is partly why it makes me so angry that not only do we not have answers as Morgulon's patients, we don't have any goddamn treatments. It's awful. Nobody deserves to just be left out in the cold like this. One of the treatments that they use for cutaneous T-cell uh, lymphoma is phototherapy. And I think y'all know I've been saying on this show that my next move probably for my Morgulon's on my face, um, besides you know, my, my newest, latest homeopathic remedy, which is Vaseline and salt. I'm just trying to dry them fuckers out, y'all. It kind of works. It, it kind of does. But phototherapy, I think that could help with more glides. Haven't had a chance or the money to uh, try out that theory, but I will. I will. I will. Uh, safely under the care of a doctor or advanced practice nurse. Y'all, I am out there sometimes, but I am not crazy enough to try to laser my own goddamn face, okay? My face doesn't look great right now, but it's still okay under a pound of makeup. Okay, so keep that in mind. That was HTLV virus type 2, okay? Type 2. Um, so then, and by the way, HTLV type 1, it has six reported subtypes, A through F. Okay, uh, the majority are, are, are caused by the type A. Uh, I just hang where, hang in there with me, okay? Because uh, this is all gonna come back around to Morgulons, I think. I think. Um, so basically, retroviruses can exist as two different forms: endogenous, which means inside, right? which consist of normal genetic components and exogenous, which are horizontally transferred genetic components that are usually infectious agents that cause disease. You guys, I can't get over this thing with my hair. Our last caller was talking about what she did for her hair and it sounded like she knew exactly what I was talking about. And I've just based upon what I've seen online, other people, they, they've got the hair galons too. Mine were, were almost gone, it seemed like. 
But then recently it started again and um, it's worse than ever before. <laughs> Last night I was making a meatloaf and um, put the meatloaf on a baking pan, baking sheet. And y'all know if you're a morgie, like when things are really rolling and the morgue lines are out to play, you get hyper vigilant, right? So you're always looking at everything very closely. So I'm looking at my my meatloaf as I put it into the oven and I'm like, man, it's gonna be good. Uh, and Tom, 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 Tom was coming over. I'm not a big cook, so I was like, this is cool. And I put it in for an hour at 350 degrees. It turned out great, but guess what? When I pulled the baking sheet out of the oven, upon which my meatloaf sat in another, um, y'all, yes, it was pre-made. I got it from Fresh Market. I'm, like I said, I don't like to cook. Anyway, when I pull the baking sheet out of this oven where it has been baking at 350 degrees, for one hour. Guess what I see hanging off of the baking sheet? Like it's just normal, totally normal to see a long blonde hair that came out of nowhere that's been cooked for an hour. Just hanging out on the baking sheet. Actually not on it, off. These things are always draped, these quote hairs. I found them in my gutter, y'all. I found, quote, my hair, quote, in the gutter of my home. Never been on the roof. Definitely don't hang out in the gutters brushing my hair. Um, never had, like, I mean, and it's not like, you know, I'm having severe hair loss. Like, my hair just looks as normal as it ever has been. But based upon the amount of hair I'm shedding these days, I'm telling you guys, it's not my hair. <laughs> it looks like my hair. I don't know if this parasitic worm is... Uh, has the ability to horizontally transfer, you know, its genes into my hair and then therefore somehow like take control of it. I don't know if it's just straight up worms that are inside my body and then they come through the top of my head and that's how they escape back into the environment. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it, I know it all sounds crazy. I know it does. That's why nobody will ever believe me or look at um, what's really going on. But it's not normal to find long hairs that look like your hair in your gutters to find it after you've baked a meatloaf uh, and have it had draped off of the pan that you baked it on. There was no hair. You think I would put a fucking uh, pan that has a big long hair hanging off of it into the oven or anywhere near my food? Of course not. And then you say, oh, well, it's probably already in the oven. Okay. Let's say it was already in the oven. Why, first of all? I mean, it's not that bad, guys. I'm not gonna Sylvia Plath this fucking thing. I'm not sticking my head in there, you know? So it's, okay, whatever. It's still just somehow got into my gas oven. Okay, sure, I'll believe it. Whatever, anything's possible. But then, tell me this. How the fuck did it get on the pan? Y'all, this isn't normal. It's not normal, and of course it's not normal, and that's why no one believes us. Anyway. So, and then HTLV2 is associated with milder neurologic disorders and chronic pulmonary infections, lung infections. Anybody out there with lung infections? Um, in the United States, HTLV-1-2 uh, seroprevalence, so the uh, how frequently you see it in the serum, uh, the rates about uh, for that in the United States among volunteer blood donors... Average 0.016%.
That's a very small percentage. You think it's about the same percentage of people who have morgulons in the United States? Don't know. Be interesting. No specific illnesses have yet been associated with HTLV-3 and HTLV-4. I can tell you one that could be morgulons. I mean, why not? To me, it seems more plausible than Lyme disease. Never gotten bit by a tick. But I have had sexual partners, and I have had sexual partners from, quote, endemic regions. You know? Apparently, uh, morgies tend to have a higher rate of drug use. Maybe it's not the drugs that are making them delusional, giving them morgulons. Maybe it's that they're, like, you know, sharing needles, and that's how they caught this virus. And then they got a strongyloides infection. All right, now, what's up with that, y'all? Interesting and potentially relevant. Um, I, I am bringing up, you're like, where is she going with this? Like, she used to be cool and funny, and now she's just blabbering on about how she's going to die and that we all got cancer. I'm actually really saying that there's hope for us. There is an answer out there, and I'm going to find it. And yes, I did have a vision of my own death, and I know that it is imminent, but... Y'all should check yourselves because I'm pretty sure you're going to die too. And on the cosmic scale, it's always rather imminent, right? Okay. It's okay. But listen to this, okay? It's really interesting. So history of HTLV, the clinical presentation. Acute HTLV infection is rarely seen or diagnosed as most infections are asymptomatic. Infection might be diagnosed after an attempted blood donation, a familial history of the infection, or workup of disease caused by the virus. In other words, a recent diagnosis of um, adult T-cell lymphoma or the spastic paresis thing. Suspected cases may prompt investigation for a history of a recent blood product transfusion or a nursing mother from an endemic area. Let's face it, they probably have no idea like how widespread this thing is. I just, yeah. When considering HTLV infection, the most important historical information pertains to risk assessment. Because detecting accurate seroprevalence in low endemic populations is inherently problematic. I don't understand that. Detecting accurate seroprevalence just means that the blood test shows that they've got it in low endemic populations. So in places that are not known to have, you know, a lot of cases, they're saying that that's inherently problematic. It is important to stratify a patient's risk. Why is it inherently problematic? Because they're not looking? I mean, I can't think of any actual physical, logical reason why blood tests would be more or less accurate in a different region. I totally don't get that. Uh, it'd be nice to have an explanation. But it says, screening enzyme immunoassays are more likely to yield false positive results in areas of low prevalence. Why? Therefore, a high-risk individual is anyone with any of the following characteristics. So, have you lived or do you live in an endemic area? Japan, the Caribbean, Central or West Africa, South America. Are you a Native American Indian? Y'all, I'm 3%. Uh, has parents or sexual partners from an endemic area? You know, back when all this kind of started, like about 2015-ish, y'all, I did date this crazy Turkish guy for a while who walked with a cane and he thought he had a really severe progressive form of multiple sclerosis. I don't know if that was true or not. He may have had spastic paresis, tropical spastic paresis for all I know. Gave it to me. Definitely wasn't worth it. Anyway, other high-risk groups, IV drug users, people who sleep with IV drug users. Um, listen, wait for it. 
The last high-risk group listed is people with strongyloidiasis. The worms. Hyperinfection. Uh, so, like, when you have a really bad infection of worms, for some reason that makes you at high risk for having or expressing these HTLV viruses. That's very interesting, isn't it? Just why? Why in the world would that be, really? And then listen to this. This is under the section. Uh, uh, I'm reading this off of Medscape, by the way. This is under complications. Complications of HTLV infection result mostly from end-stage diseases rather than the infection itself, as the vast majority of individuals with this infection are asymptomatic. HTLV-1 is a risk factor for the development of severe strongyloidiasis, the worm infection, right? Close follow-up after treatment for strongyloidiasis is recommended. You know, I can't help but think of our caller, Tina, who was saying that after two months, she is now using a walker to get around. Could she possibly have tropical spastic paraparesis? I don't know, but I know she has morgulons. And I also know that I cannot imagine why in the world a worm infection would be more likely when you had this type of a virus. And they also say that the virus might be more likely if you had a worm infection. It's all very strange, and I may be way off, but HTLV-3 and HTLV-4 types have not yet been linked to any disease, but we know that all HTLV is linked with worms. Is the disease they cause morgulons? Basic research, y'all. Just basic fucking research. We don't have it, but we have to get it. We have to get it. I can't live like this. Y'all can't live like this if you're living with morgulons. We have to somehow, I don't know if it's go back to our Congress people and try again with the CDC. I don't know what it is, but we have to do something to figure out what this is and get rid of it. We're going to, y'all. We are going to. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.